1: I'm leaving on a jet plane. Sounds much better when they sing it. But your bags are packed, and you're going to be gone for the next two weeks. Before I get into all of the good stuff, uh, it's Doug Oster, Oster.com. You're going where? Going to England and Holland.
2: And it was sold out, but somebody sprained their ankle, and they're not going to be able to come. So I've got two seats left. If you're a last-minute traveler, we leave Thursday. We'll be back next Sunday. So... Uh, if you'd like to travel to see the Chelsea Flower Show and Gardens of London, and also this thing called Floriade in Holland that only happens every ten years, it's a celebration of gardening at over 148 acres. Just go to DougOster.com. All the information's there.
1: <laughs> this would be a great reality show. You're like wandering around Piccadilly Circus, you're in some garden, or you're at Buckingham <laughs> Palace, and all of a sudden, you run into face to face just you and this person, either the Queen, God. Bless the Queen or Mick Jagger. What would you say to either one of them if it was just you and them one-on-one, the Queen or Mick Jagger? Hey, what's happening? <laughs> Come on, I'm not the queen. You'd have to kind of curtsy a little bit, bow, and be very honest. somehow.
2: For both of those people, it would turn to gardening because that's the only thing I know about. Well,
1: and they're they're. I think they both do a little bit of gardening. They kind of enjoy gardening. Yeah, a little bit. so
2: that's where I would try and go with it.
1: So, is, is gardening much different in that part of the world?
2: Yes, everybody gardens there. I mean, everybody gardening. That should be is the important. name of a segment. <laughs> it used to be. I know.
1: All right, listen. If you're the tenth caller, you're going to win a uh, twenty-five dollar gift certificate from Sorgals, you know, our other wonderful sponsor, and there are many. Um, I was out of Janowski's the other day. Boy, just what a beautiful place. And you know, Doug, people, they don't wait till the weekends. I mean, that place, they were having a good time out there on Thursday.
2: Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Rob, because I've been to a couple of our other sponsors too, and it looks like the uh, rush for gardening this year is just like it was last year. I was at a couple of places during the week, and yeah, Monday, Tuesday... It was like a weekend. It yeah. Was, it was crazy. It was crazy, you know, so everyone's gardening again for a third year in a row, which is so cool and so fun. And it's time to plant, you know. The it
1: 15th is... was always kind of like the day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is time to plant everything. And I, I want to remind you when you when you are planting, how important it is to improve the soil. You know, there's three things you need to do to have that green thumb. Improve the soil, which means add compost. Believe it or not. The compost that the county gives away, I, I see it's still available. So for your municipality, if if your county or municipality gives away compost, go get some. It's good stuff. But that that is the building block. The compost, improve the soil. Two, know when the plants go in the ground. Well, we know right now, everything, It's we're ready to plant. And thirdly, don't let things dry out. Use mulch and water when needed. That, that's going to be uh, something that's going to make your life so much easier. You know, when we talk about growing tomatoes, if those tomatoes don't have the water they need, you're going to get this thing called blossom end rot. And it's it's awful because, you know, let's say think you, you started this from, from seed and watched it grow all the way through, and it. it put tomatoes on, and then it has this black thing at the bottom. It's very disappointing. So that's a calcium deficiency. But the calcium is in... The soil. And so you need water to get that calcium to the plant. So don't let them dry out. Uh, I, we've got another giveaway today, Rob, which is exciting. Uh, last week we gave away a, uh, a rose and Lynn was our winner. Uh, today we have a $100 gift certificate for summer bulbs, courtesy of flowerbulbs.com. So think Lilies, dahlias, begonias, caladium, stuff like that. To win that $100 gift certificate, here's all you have to do. Just go to dougoster.com, hit the contact button, and type in the word summer bulbs, and you'll be entered. I will pick them uh, randomly later in the week and let you know. And I've got two more giveaways, two more $100 giveaways that I'll be doing through social media also. So keep your eyes open so also, uh, this Thursday is my last organic gardening class, Thursday at 5 p.m. It's a 10-week class. You can watch them. If you sign up, it's all free. If you sign up, you can watch all of them. But this week is a complete planting tutorial, how to get everything planted, uh, talking a lot about succession planting, which I hope to get to this morning. So all you have to do, it's, all, it's on your computer. It's, it's virtual. It's easy. And, and lots of people are signing up. We're having so much fun. Every Thursday at 5. But if you can't make it Thursday at 5, you can watch it later. All those details are also at com. And would you like some free daffodils?
1: Who wouldn't like free daffodils?
2: They'd <laughs> look good in your Manaka front yard. <laughs> you can get some free You Dig Your Own daffodils. A friend of mine, Mark, is sold this property up north of Pittsburgh. It's going to all be developed, The the... Daffodils are all going to be gone. I've posted this on my social media. Even though lots of people have gone up there, there are thousands of bulbs to dig. This is the time to do it. All that information also at DougOster.com, uh, how to contact Mark, and if you would like to dig those daffodils, all he wants is those daffodils to get a good home and, and instead of just being bulldozed over. So if you would like them, you're not going to know what they're going to be, but that'll be a nice surprise. And I've heard lots of nice stories about people going up there, meeting other gardeners. Uh, it's it's a good thing. And Mark did this last year, too, knowing the property was going to be uh, sold. So now it's sold. He wants to get those to, those daffodils to a good home. So check out the information and give Mark a call and get up there and get those daffodils. Well, one thing uh, later in the show... We're going to be talking trees with our expert from the Davy Tree Expert Company, Rob Crueljack, is talking about girdling roots, which is a serious problem in your trees. I'm looking forward to talking to him about that. And let's talk a little succession planting before our first break. Now, we talked last week about succession planting of tomatoes, which means, yeah, you plant some, some now, but you leave some room to plant a little later, and then a little later in the season. Well, the same is true of cucumbers. You know, if you've got cucumber beetles really bad, if you're dealing with cucumber wilt, which means your cucumbers are doing great, and then one day you go out and they're all just completely wilted, no matter how much water you put on them, you can't bring them back, that's cucumber or bacterial wilt, which is uh, spread by the cucumber beetle. If you plant, like today, some cucumber seeds, then in a week or two, and then in a week or two later, and grow them up a, a trellis or something up high, even though the beetle flies, it stays down on the ground a lot. <laughs> and so just by, by staggering those plantings, two of those plantings are going to be off the beetle cycle, which is what we want to do. And, and I always say this. I know you want to get it, like you, Today's the day. Okay, I'm going to get everything planted today. That's it. I'm done. It's in. All I have to do now is fertilize and water. But if you do this, instead of planting everything on the same day, putting all your eggs in one basket, if you if you if you leave some room and succession plant many of your crops, at least in my experience, they've been so much, uh, it's been so much easier for me, you know, because pests and diseases, you know, when you when you do stagger those plantings, one planting might might be affected by a pest or a disease. Two weeks later, that one might not be. And so that's the idea. And so if you can do that, uh, it's going to help you garden.
1: All right. Doug would love to talk to you about whatever you're dealing with when it comes to gardening. Right now, we can take those calls at 866-391-1020. We've got wide open phone lines and, of course, Davy Trees, Talking Trees at the bottom of the hour. So it is Doug Oster, DougOster.com, The Organic Gardener, Rob Pratt Sunday, back with more in just a couple of moments. All right. Doug Oster is here, and it's uh, the Organic Gardener. Folks wanting to talk to Doug. Because I'm on fire. <laughs> this, How about Pink Floyd coming to Pittsburgh? You're going to be there for that? No. No? I'm not a Pink Floyd really? fan. Really? Nah, That's huge. I'm more of a rocker. Are you? Okay. Uh, Mary Kennedy Township, how are you? Welcome to KDK. What's going on, Mary?
3: Good morning. I have a clematis that it, the leaves on the bottom, like about five or six of them, are brown. Then it goes up, and the leaves are all yellow. But I have buds on the top. Hmm. It's about thirty-six inches high. How
2: old is that plant?
3: Uh it's been there for a long old. time. It's it's old. Okay.
2: Uh, the only thing I would recommend is just giving it a little bit of fertilizer. In that case, for me, it would be a a liquid organic fertilizer. What area was it? Uh, Kennedy? So let's see. I'm not sure where. Anyway. It's west of Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah, I know where Kennedy is. I'm just trying to think of which garden center would have something for you.
3: Well, Um, Janowski's isn't very far. Oh,
2: perfect then. Yeah, just go to Janowski's. Look for a liquid organic concentrate, and it's going to be inexpensive. You mix it up yourself, you know, just, you know, a couple Tablespoons per gallon, and feed that to the plant. That's really all, just about all you can do. And as long as it has is budding, that's a that's a very positive sign. Uh, the fact that the leaves are brown at the bottom, you know, this time of the year, that's normal. And so, just get a little bit of fertilizer, and I think you'll be okay. Keep an eye on it, and if you continue to see problems with it, uh, either email me at, at dougoster.com or give us a call back here. Okay.
3: Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. thank you.
1: Frank, you're on the air with Doug Oster, com. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Um, I have two little questions. One, uh, we have a little plot. It's a very small plot out in our backyard for plant tomatoes and maybe a little bit of lettuce here and there. Uh, it, I really don't know much about compost, working with it, where to get it and stuff. But my general question is, what would be the best thing to bolster that soil to make it, the best soil i can for planting and my second question i have a lilac bush that's starting to bloom now and it smells like heaven. we've never really done anything with it i'd like to know what would be the best thing to feed that
2: all right so first off let's talk about uh, improving the, the soil in the garden and yes you, you know you, you've got it compost is the thing as far as where to find it again all these local nurseries will have it bagged some of them will will sell it in bulk like by the truckload depending on how much you need but since you have a small plot you know, a couple bags of good compost, you know, would go a long way to improving that soil. And there's a couple different ways to use it. You can just, you can spread it out in the garden, get it a couple inches thick over existing, your existing beds that, you know, that have been worked on over the years and plant directly in that. Or you can spread up that compost and just kind of dig it in a little bit, a couple inches in and mix it in with that soil. That's That's a good way to use it too.
1: The more That's comp- what we would like to do. Yeah, the yeah. more
2: compost you put in there, the better it's going to be. That's just the way it is. The compost gives the plant everything it needs, and you know if you haven't been improving the soil, the plants over the years have been taking out those nutrients. So we're just trying to replace what the plants have taken out. Now, as far as the lilac is concerned, as long as that thing is doing its its thing, it's blooming for you yearly and and strongly every year. There's nothing you need to do with it. Sometimes lilacs get into this cycle of one year it's really great blooms, the next year, and eh, not so great. In that case, right as soon as they're done blooming, we just kind of give that plant a little bit of a haircut, and then I would feed it something like flower tone uh, just to, so that it would be making buds because how a lilac works is after it's done blooming almost immediately, it starts putting on the buds for next year. So if you cut too late, you're cutting off the flowers. Is that thing blooming good for you every year?
4: Yeah, it blooms good every year. Now, now you
1: just brought up a subject. As far as cutting, when's the best time to cut? Because a lot of times it does get a little bit big, and we we try to cut it back. But how far should I cut it back and when? You
2: have to do it as soon as it's done blooming. I mean, the day. (laughs) Uh, And it's not that precise but you want to keep an eye on it is when it's done blooming that's when you do your pruning on a lilac and you never take more than one third of the plant off and pruning any plant is a combination of art and science and so we do it carefully we look at that plant and see okay what why are we pruning number one like is it in the way uh, if if not just leave it be then like Following back to, you know, you just don't want to snip off the, the ends. You want to go back and, and remove a branch all the way back down to the, the, the trunk. So it's just it's just done carefully. Take a cut, step back, take a cut, and, and, and just keep, your, keep a careful look at what you're doing. Because it's very easy to go into a plant and start cutting. And when you're in there, all of a sudden step back and realize, oh, I took way too much off. And it looks mm-hmm. awful, and it's going to take two years to come back. Does that help? Yes, it does. Thank you very All much. All right. Thank you.
1: Right, let's see if we can squeeze one more in here. Let's go to
3: Kathy. Kathy, you got a couple of minutes. You're on KDKA. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Okay. Quick question. Um, I want to say real quick, though. Antonio is an awesome producer. I have to say that. He's great. But um, anyway, I'm going to do a raised flower bed. Not a flower bed, but a, like for tomatoes and cucumbers. And I want to do one of those ones that looks like a trough on legs. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Okay, so I want to know, I know that you have to have so much dirt to, for a plant to actually be able to flourish. So I don't know what to plant in there. I don't know what the dimensions should be for the trough.
2: So what thing. do you, what, tell me again what you want to grow in there?
3: Like tomatoes, peppers, I don't know, cucumbers, stuff so, like that.
2: All right, so bigger is going to be better. Uh, you okay. Know, uh, if I was just putting one tomato in a container it would be a minimum of 15 gallons. So, okay. You know, what do you think of a five gallon bucket? Triple that. Uh, and so you're going to, you know, you might need a couple of those beds, you know, it depends on where you can get them, what you're looking at. Are you building it?
3: Uh, we're building it. And is it, is it better to do like a couple smaller ones or like one big long one? I wanted to build like a door around it with chicken wire. You know what I mean? So nothing could get in it. You've seen those, right?
2: Yeah. Well, it all depends on the the site as far as if you want to build one long one or a couple little ones. But one thing for sure, we want it to be deep enough for the roots and the plants to do their thing. And for me, that would be a trough at least 24 inches deep. And so as far as how wide it's going to be again think about you need to get to the inside from the side of the bed so a mistake people would make when they build something like that is be too wide to reach into the center and so what we want to do is uh just make sure that it's you know maybe four feet wide three feet wide again it depends on the site but the depth is is really important and fill that thing up with a good uh, mix of compost
1: all right we got that news coming up rob taylor and bottom of the hour then right back at it and it's rob cruel it's davy tree talking tree Doug Oster, The Organic Gardener, KDKA Radio. All right, listen, before we uh, get to Davy Tree, Talking Tree, I want Doug to take some time because, look, probably before the half hour is up, uh, these uh, vacancies are going to be filled for his upcoming trip to London and Amsterdam, so please tell him they need to act like right now.
2: Yeah, you know, (laughs) this trip was sold out, Chelsea Flower Show, which is the, the Super Bowl of flower shows, and then... Kew Gardens, which is a phenomenal garden. Sissonhurst Castle, which is has the famous White Garden. Uh, that's all around London. And then we take a train over to Holland for this thing called Floriad that only happens every 10 years. And it, and it's a gardening celebration. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, as I said, it was sold out. You know, somebody had a, a foot injury, so they can't go. The nice thing is, for them, you know, we all have travel insurance it's covered. Yeah, so you no worries there. But it's last minute. We're leaving Friday, and then we return next Sunday. If you're a last-minute traveler, just go to DougOster.com and fill those last two seats.
1: Yeah, please fill them, folks, if you want to go, because by the time we probably get done today, it's going to be filled up. So last two seats, DougOster.com. All right, 10th Caller wins that Janowski's gift certificate. You're going to love a day at the farm. Absolutely spectacular. Uh, 412-922-1020, 922 1020 But it's time for...
2: And we're welcoming Rob Crueljack from the Davy Tree Expert Company. How are you, Rob? Good morning. Doing well, Doug. How are you? Uh, Rob texted me yesterday and he said, I got a perfect song to go into our uh, <laughs> talk about girdling roots. What do you think it would be, Rob? I'll tell you this it's a Ted Nugent song. <laughs>
1: I can't. That's I mean, right. I only strangle know. Stranglehold. Okay, I was yeah, I was gonna say stranglehold. How many up to ten Nugent songs do you know? Cat Scratch Fever,
2: <laughs> Stranglehold. But I'm thinking
1: Stranglehold. Is that appropriate? But I guess it would be.
2: So, Rob, what does that mean? Girdling roots, and what kind of problem is that in our landscape? I mean,
4: Doug, there's nothing that really chokes me up more uh, with tree care than girdling roots. Um, they are roots that uh, instead of growing radially out from the trunk of the tree, you know, into the ground. They, they start growing in a circular uh, direction around the trunk and um, like a, like a girdle or a tourniquet they actually cut off circulation to the top of the tree and eventually will kill it what causes the girdling roots um, you know it, it can be right from the uh, the nursery when you get a plant that's uh, been in a, a container for too long uh, or even bald in burlap you know um, they, they can start uh being container or root bound in the container and start growing, you know, around the inside of the container. Um, so it's important, like when you are planting those those new trees and shrubs, you know, take a look. And if you need to, you can, you know, run a pair of uh, shears up the sides of that that root ball and you know cut the roots that have already started to grow uh, inside the container in, in a circular type of uh, direction.
2: So that's the part I think that worries a lot of gardeners when they get that tree and they look at that. They're afraid they're going to be doing damage when they see those roots in that pot, or even in a bald and burlap situation. Like, how is there a way to explain how how tough you can be with that, uh, as far as cutting those roots up? I uh, yeah, I guess I'd like to say that you know usually it's really as
4: deep as you can go in with the uh, the blade of your your hand pruners. There it, it, it is you know you're not going to injure the the, the tree or, or shrub by doing that. You know, if, if you just run the, the pruners up the side, you know, in several spots around the, uh, you know, the circumference of that, that root ball.
2: How do I know if my tree has girdling roots? Uh, a mature tree or a, a new tree you're ready to install? Uh, I Well, I guess for the new tree, we just look at it, we see that the. The roots are going around it, right? We look when we right. talk, tap that out of the yeah. What what about a, an existing tree that's been planted already? What are some signs that it might have girdling roots?
4: You'll see the um, you know, we we call them the buttressing roots at the base
2: of the tree. They're the ones that
4: flare out, you know, at the bottom. Um, and, and if you have a girdling root, you'll typically see it coming up over top of one of those root buttresses. Um, and it, it's quite obvious, actually. It's above the ground. You know, it, it should be pretty visible. On order, order trees sometimes, excuse me, um, if, if you have a buttressing roots on, say, 75% of the, the base of the tree and then one side's really flat, um, it kind of just disappears right into the ground. Um, very good chance that there's a girdling root underneath the, uh, the, the dirt there somewhere on that side of the tree, which has prevented that buttressing root from forming, you know, like it typically would.
2: What are some of the things you do when, I mean, you say that it breaks your heart when you see a tree that has girdling roots. That doesn't sound good to me. That sounds pretty scary. Is there something you can do? I'm, I'm sure it depends case by case, but what can you do to help a tree that has girdling roots?
4: It is case by case. You know, sometimes you know, if we if we identify it, you know, early enough, we we can go in with a, we have a tool called an air spade, um, which is a, just a really high pressure air tool that we can excavate the soil away from the base of a tree without injuring any of the roots or the bark of the tree, um, and then we can you know, locate a girdling root and oftentimes cut it out uh, and remove it uh, to relieve that pressure there, that, or that, yeah, you know, that it's uh, you know it's strangling the, itself. So. Um, we can do that. Uh, sometimes, though, you know, on mature trees, if left too long, uh, gone too long, they, they will actually grow into the side of the tree. And at that point, you're, you're really limited in what you can do to, to, to correct that.
2: In some cases, does that mean the tree has to come out? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 38% of the time, a, a girling root will kill a tree every time. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so how has the season started for you tree-wise?
4: Oh, great. Uh, The the weather's been kind of rough. You know, with all this rain, we're we're trying to get our our early season leaf disease treatments done to to prevent, um, you know, trees from losing their leaves later on here in the season. And with all the the rain we've been having, it's been pretty difficult to to get those applications done. Um, But the the, the pruning, the planting, we're getting ready for our planting uh, season coming up. We're we're getting our, our tree orders in. so that'll be nice uh, probably a week or two of solid, you know, tree replacement and planning, which is great.
2: Any problems getting what you want? Is, is Are all the trees available that you need?
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, the nurseries are doing pretty good this year um, with, with their supplies. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's always, you know, it, some years, are, you you're know, more of what you, you might be looking for. Sometimes, uh, you know, some things can be sparse, but yeah, so far, yeah, this year has been uh, looking great.
2: What's the number one thing you would tell somebody that's planting a tree in the spring that they should should be careful about and be sure that they have this thing done whenever they're planting a tree, or a couple things? Uh, The
4: the most important thing to me is making sure you're not burying your tree too deeply into the into the soil. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, there's great resources online. uh, TreesAreGood.org, one of my favorites. you know, proper tree planting. Go ahead and look that up because, you know, you really want to clean the, uh, you know, when a, when a tree is dug in the nursery with a, a spade, you know, the, the dirt gets pushed up on top of that, that root ball that, that normally wouldn't be there. So it's really important when you get your new tree to peel that burlap back from the top of that root ball and, and, and you know, use your hand, use a, a gently clean the top of the dirt off, excuse me, until you see that transition point between trunk and roots. And that's what you really want to keep, you know, an, an inch or two up above the grade you're planting the tree into. Um, if you just assume that the top of the root ball is the bottom of the tree, oftentimes you'll plant it too deeply. And that will lead to uh, girdling root problems down the road, too, because the uh, the roots grow up into the medium above the base of the tree, not down into the earth where, where we want them to.
2: All right, Rob, good stuff. Hang in there. We'll bring you back after the break. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com KDKA. Remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855 982 8733.
1: Your calls for Doug and Rob Crueljack coming up next. Katie KA, good morning. All right, let's get back a couple of minutes with Rob Crueljack. Doug, go right ahead. All right, Rob, so we're just left <clears throat> you talking a little
2: bit about planting and of course, not planting too deep is mm-hmm.
3: so so mm-hmm.
2: important for trees and it's a very common mistake people make. But for spring planting, talk a little bit about the watering, about keeping that plant happy maybe through the entire summer
4: yeah that's the one thing with spring planting versus fall doug is you know you you really have to um maintain that tree through the summer and the drier drier months of uh, of that time of the year um you know you want to keep the soil moist you know not not saturated but not too dry so it's kind of a fine line um you know what i like to say is if you uh if you pick the soil up and and form it into like a, a, a ball you know, and it like played almost and it doesn't crumble, so that's a good, uh, you know, a good level of moisture in that soil. If you can't form it into a ball, it's crumbly, it's too dry. And if you pick it up and you squeeze it and water comes out, you know, that's too much water. So um, a really good product, you know, they're called Gator Bags. Um, and what it is, it's, it's a, you know, a, basically a bag with a very small hole in it that lets the water seep out of the bag and just, you know, continuously keep that soil around your, your newly planted tree. Um, you know, moist, you know, so it's not over watering and you, you fill the bag, you know, over the course of several days, you know, that water slowly leaks out of the bag. So that, that's a nice way to, to do a nice controlled watering on your new plant.
2: How did trees become your thing? Hmm. Good
1: class.
4: <laughs> um, I was 15. Um, my dad was working for the University of Pittsburgh and he had a, a company do some work on campus and I, I was getting ready to get my first job, you know, for, for a summer job and he had uh, the, the company come to the house to do some work at our house and he said, Maybe this is something you'd like to, to to do for a summer job and I watched these tree guys climb some big oaks in our backyard and I said, Yeah, I could see myself doing that. And um, yeah, so that's where I, I got my start. My mom would drop me off in the morning with my, you know, little lunch box, my little water jug, and <laughs> here I am, fifteen years old working with all these burly old tree
2: guys. So Yeah, the the uh, rest the rest is history, right? <laughs> that's it. Never look back. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about what's planted in on your property. Are you like, uh, you know, the plumber with leaky pipes, or do you have a bunch of uh, cool trees on your property?
4: My my property is it's an old older farm property that uh, you know was mainly pasture. So I have a lot of like second succession growth trees. You know, we had a bunch of ash that have died, cherry, uh, locust. So I'm really doing a lot of work with like reforesting. Um, so, uh, you know, it's sycamore, uh, tulip poplars, uh, black gums, sweet gums, a, a lot of native maples, um, hackberries, uh, hickories. You know, I'm trying to, to you know, get, get some good hardwood growth back here on this property. So, um, and, and a lot of the trees I plant are actually smaller. I, I get a, a lot of them from Tree Pittsburgh. Um, they're, uh, you know, the, the smaller the tree you plant. OK, the, the faster that tree recovers from being transplanted and starts growing again. So, you know, it's nice to plant like a, you know, a two and a half to three inch tree because it's something substantial that goes into your landscape. But at the same time, it's going to take a little bit longer for that tree to recover from the transplanting and start growing again, putting on that growth. So I, a lot of times I'll be planting one inch diameter, you know, almost like whip trees um, that you see in like the white tube sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. for, for bigger planting jobs. And they really recover quickly, and in the right conditions, yeah, they can put on you know a foot or two of growth a year um, once they get moved. And so, but yeah, that, that's uh, that's a bunch of the trees I have on the property to, to like I said, to try to, to reinforce this uh, this area.
2: Well, I can hear the birds in the background. I know they're happy. You know, we got about a minute left. Real quick, tell me a little bit about a hackberry because I don't know anything about them. Um, I don't know what to tell you? Um, native- easy, easy to grow. How big yeah, does it get?
4: Uh, yeah, 50, 60 foot tall, wow. uh, 40 uh, spread, um, really deep furrowed bark. Um, yeah, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a pretty pretty good tree. You don't see them much used like in, in you know, you a specimen tree in someone's property. You know, it, it's more of just a, a, a good native tree to, to kind of get back into uh, the environment there.
2: Yeah, and in just the last 30 seconds, just real quick, talk about the importance of those native trees in your landscape.
4: Yeah, um, it is important to, to you know, the, the species, and, and let me say this, species, you know, having variety, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want all your eggs in one basket, as it were, you know, with problems like uh, hemlock, woolly adelgid, oak will, you know, let's, let's right. see what happens, you know with dutch elm disease you know so having a variety of trees is much better than one like mono uh monoculture of, of the same uh, you know on your entire property
2: all right rob great stuff great information for more information about davy tree or to ask what's going on with your trees go to davy.com slash kdka remember you can always call the experts from davy tree at 855-982-tree that's 855-982-8733 now at the end of the show here, I'll be answering questions as soon as I get back home. Next week, Mrs. Know-It-All will be your host. The week after that will be our friend Steve Repaski. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?